Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Shadows. I'm Stuart Best. Where the paranormal is normal. Where that which you thought you knew, you didn't. And where the future can be known, if you know exactly where to look. Well, good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And we've got Larry on his phone down there monitoring the situation over there in Ukraine. Hi, Larry. Hey, Stuart. Uh, why don't we start with what's going on with this, uh, well, first of all, the uh, NATO, and I'm sure it was NATO, and Biden attacked uh, the bridge and destroyed part of it, and Russia has retaliated. So you want to get into all of that for us? Well, basically, uh, since uh, the, bridge, the Kerch Strait Bridge with Crimea was attacked and and really damaged. Uh, Russia's, I guess guess you could say, has brought some revenge. Uh, This is Hal Turner, Covert Intel today, July 19th. Blockade. Russia says Ukraine Black Sea ports now off limits to all shipping. Says Russian naval blockade of Ukraine begins. Said Russia announces that at 0000, Moscow time, July 20, all ships attempting to travel to and from any port in Ukraine will be considered carriers of military equipment and participants in the conflict. With the Russian naval blockade of Ukraine on the Black Sea, Ukraine is now landlocked and is in danger of not being a sovereign entity any longer. Uh, U.S. decides not to use, uh, this is the report anyway, U.S. decides not to use Western warships to escort freighters to Ukraine through the Black Sea. Now, that's interesting because uh, what what really occurred after that attack on the Kerch Strait, uh, Russia sent in uh, drone attacks and uh, the uh, missiles, and really damaged a lot of the infrastructure. They just completely blew up a lot of the granaries, the grain, the, the everything to handle shipping of grain. And so basically what's happened, they have almost completely cut off uh, at a time, of, according to some of the news agencies, at a time of great hunger, they have cut off the grain supplies to the world, and especially Europe, who's really going to hurt really quick now. Did you want to comment on that? And I had two more uh, real quick ones I wanted to share. Yeah, no, all I would say to that is it wasn't like we weren't warned that they were going to pull the gloves off. (laughs) And, uh, of course, you can can put all this on Biden and Obama uh, because they're the ones behind all this stuff. And, uh, you know, global deep state, et cetera, et cetera. But this... It's just insanity. It's exactly like the Lord said. He would smite humankind with madness. And this is all this is, is madness now. And, uh, you know, you can only back a nation into a corner so long and they're going to fight or surrender. And I don't hear any surrender talk from Putin, Medvedev, 
Lavrov or any of the uh, military. So they're going to fight. And uh, cutting off the Black Sea, though, that has NATO responded? Let me ask you that. No word there other than the word that the U.S. will not send Western warships to escort freighters to Ukraine or or away from Ukraine. (laughs) So they know they're going to get sunk. So, and they're already, our Navy is already depleted. So anyway, yeah, go ahead with your other. And and what's interesting, like you said, nobody surrendered. And uh, they have issued warrants, you know, for Vladimir Putin in, uh, I guess it's, uh, you know, in Europe, or the EU basically has. And Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to try to get him for war crimes. So he's not going to the BRICS meeting. Or I suppose Russia, uh, China will probably uh, carry that meeting, and they'll begin their uh, new uh, currency, and uh, Russia will be in on it, but, Russia, but Putin's not going. So he don't have to. And, and this is what's interesting, Stuart, because I want to bring this up, because, you know, you and I talked about, you know, when everybody was saying, oh, Putin's done, Russia's gone, uh, revolution, civil war, uh, mm-hmm. You know the Wagner Group's going to go take Moscow, and you know when we were that was all coming out in mainstream media. You, know, you and I were telling people, you better take a second look at this. We don't quite believe what we're hearing here. <laughs> now we know that we know the the results of that. However, this is new. This is new, Stuart, because in the last week there's been lines and lines. Some of some of these uh, convoys are sixty vehicles long, hauling troops of Wagner into Belarus. It's it's really huge. I mean, a lot of them and a lot of weapons are being delivered into Belarus. So I think all along this was a pivot. And uh, here's two headlines, though, I want to share with you real quick. and get. I want you to listen closely to the words, okay? Mm-hmm. Listen to the words now. Uh, this is uh, Yahoo News today, July 19th. Wagner boss, you give me Prozokin resurfaces in Belarus, instructs Wagner fighters they have the biggest job in the world coming up. Then here's the second one. Listen to the wording. Newsweek.com, July the 19th today. Satellite photos show massive military buildup at Wagner camp in Belarus. This is all near a Belarusian town close to the Ukraine border. Video, Wagner Group says, ready for global events and turmoil. What do you take from that, Stuart? I would, if, if they're looking at global turmoil, then they fully expect NATO's going to respond, and they all already know what Russia's probably going to do. And uh, so really what Putin has done, it seems to me, is put uh, NATO into a box. And now NATO either has to eat crow and back off, or they've got to intensify this whole thing. And I do remember they told uh, um, Zelensky, well, you better wrap this war up. I think they said by September if you want any more stuff from us. Well, (laughs) he's all but stripped 
and uh, people in Europe are beginning to say to uh, uh, their leaders, uh, we're, we're tired of this Zelensky and Ukraine war. What are we doing there? So this has to be a turning point. They they either have the big state has to either move now, and that's dangerous, actually. And with all this stuff going on with Hunter Biden and all the stuff being revealed about uh, Papa Joe, Clummy Joe, um, this is a very dangerous time for a false flag here or a war to cover over all the war crimes that we have committed. That would be my response to that. So Wagner knows that this is either this is going to go big time very quickly it seems like now didn't you say and report that russia is moving all kinds of troops towards the border as well well that's very true and during this so-called and you and i talked about that uh revolution or civil war or you know whatever was happening in russia while all mm-hmm. eyes were on the Wagner, uh, long line of Wagner military vehicles that seemed to be headed to Moscow from Ukraine, as the whole world watched that for some time, for like two, three days, it seemed like, uh, apparently Putin moved, you know, a couple of hundred or 300,000 Russian troops and tanks. And at the, pre- and at the present time, the, the information that I'm getting is that uh, a lot of these seem to be moving towards the Kharkov Oblast and and that region, and there's there's anywhere reportedly now, from what I'm getting, anywhere from 100,000 to 160,000 Russian troops with like 900 tanks and artillery missiles, and all of this stuff, while they're blocking off the black, while they're hitting actually, the Ukraine ports, shutting all of that side of Ukraine down next to the Black Sea completely and blockading mm-hmm. it with the Black Sea fleet, you've got this huge Russian army coming up through the middle. However, at the same time, over towards Ukraine and the Belarus border, they've done a pivot, and there's a lot has grown there in the, in the present time. But let me bring this up real quick, Stuart. It's all, I only got a little data here, but I wanted to share mm-hmm. it. I watched yeah. it on the war room. You know, you remember Rick Grinnell from the uh, Trump administration. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was actually the one that stopped the uh, breakout of uh, Kosovo and Serbia and all that fighting that begun to blossom a little bit, remember, back in Trump's time. Yeah. And he went over yeah. there and made a peace deal, and Biden came in and has really destroyed all of that. Rick Grinnell said yesterday that, we're, everything now is ripe for the Balkans to explode in Europe. Another full frontal war within Europe to go along with Ukraine and Russia and all of this down there. And if you'll remember, Stuart, and I'll shut up, you remember the Chinese were flying in missiles and, and armor yes. into the Balkans? Remember that? Yep. Yes, I do. Huh. Well, the other thing we got to worry about is did Wagner, did the Wagner group get their hands on the, on some nukes? Remember there well, was some... only. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. I, I was going to say the only thing I've got on that is some 
what I call rumors, unprovable fact, but there seems to be some of those rumors saying that Putin has allowed them to, to obtain some tactical nukes, and some of the deep intel seems to indicate that they may go for a decapitation strike against Kiev if things hit the pan. Well, that's I don't know what to say on this war. I, I you know, I, I would never fight a war like that. It just doesn't make any sense. The first thing I would have done is take out Kiev. You decapitate the head of the snake. And they never did that, and they're still not doing it. Uh, here they are striking the bridge and trying to cut Crimea off. Why not decapitate the snake? And still, they're not doing all they have. Basically, decapitated Odessa and one other place, I can't remember the name of it, where they have virtually have destroyed everything, including huge granaries and ammo depots and whatnot. So the Russians know where everything is. And I guess it's just a calculated return strike. But um, this can only go one one room way now i should say because uh, with the grains cut off with the black sea cut off you may remember that we were even talking about uh how do we call it a uh, no fly zone over part of ukraine and i remember thinking to myself russia has air superiority their fighter jets are far better than ours and uh, so where are we going to get this air superiority overnight and declare a no-fly zone? The whole thing just doesn't make sense to me. It's, it's like Ukraine is just simply a pawn in a much, much bigger game. And uh, we're being played like a fiddle, as we always are. But um, <laughs> just... I don't know what to say, Larry. It's just something's not kosher here. Let's put it that way. It just doesn't well, seem same, right. <laughs> well, at the same time that it doesn't seem right, let me drop this one on you. This came out. Uh, Hal Turner dropped some of this intel on his radio show. He didn't put it in print and hadn't written it, but uh, it, I also vetted it in some other areas that, that appear <laughs> to be talking about it in the Middle East news. Uh, apparently... Uh, Iran, if you'll remember, we have to think back, you know, a month or two, but if you'll remember, uh, you know, Israel attacked Iran, uh, part of their area, mm -hmm. you know, from Azerbaijan. Remember that? Yes, and they do. Yep. Israel also has kind of a, uh, I guess you could say, a armory, if you will, to fight out of in Azerbaijan. Well, at the time, uh, there was a big movement of uh, especially tank brigades, I guess, in Iran and, and armor down that direction. Well, now it's being reported that not only is the Russian Air Force that is in Syria uh, buzzing and, and uh, I guess you could say provoking uh, NATO aircraft or U.S. aircraft in that region who really don't have any right to particularly be there, uh, mm -hmm. But Iran seems to be moving armor towards Iraq, and at the same time, uh, there is some intel that indicates that Iran may do some hits, missile strikes, in Iraq 
around where our base is and some of the assets mm. we've got over there. So w- with all of this going on, here's another, you know, caveat that's going on in the Middle East right now. Yeah, and maybe Ukraine's just a diversionary tactic of to what really is happening in the Middle East. Uh, there's all kinds of problems there with Netanyahu, and uh, I know Israel's getting ready, and they said it before, they've recently said it again, we're going to be fighting a multi-front war. And uh, we can't forget either that Iran and Iraq were at war for quite a while. So maybe that is going to come back as well. But it sounds to me like what they're doing is trying to get rid of the American presence over there as best as they can. So, you know, war everywhere. That's that's the way I look at it. It seems like it's the Armageddon script. I mean, here we have China and Taiwan, and uh, then we have the Balkans. And I do remember the movie Behind Enemy Lines, which was an excellent film about going in and getting a, uh, one of our downed pilots. I can't remember if that was Kosovo or where exactly that was that took place. But uh, it was a true story, and the commander of the aircraft carrier that went in and got him was dismissed because evidently now we do leave people behind and we don't think much about it. So that area is probably going to explode as well as long as Taiwan. I mean, I think the Chinese are just waiting for this whole thing to ignite, and then we'll be so busy, not a lot we can do about it. We can hardly, I don't think we could even fight one strike, uh, one side war. You know, it just doesn't, we're depleted. In fact, I was reading an article where Europe, their ammo is depleted. Uh, and we've got our own, Biden said our own munitions are depleted. Well, I don't know why people are announcing that kind of thing to an enemy. Oh, we don't have any ammunition. (laughs) That's an invitation to come in and hit. Uh, There's something wrong with this whole thing. The script doesn't read properly. Let's put it that way. What else you got? Well, I was going to mention, too, that it's really interesting that as we have fought this war, basically, the Biden administration has sent a lot of our warcraft into Ukraine to be used against Russia, and the Russians have learned how to defend against them and overcome them. That's which right. Which is not intelligent for fighting, you know, if the Americans use it, the Russians already know how to get around it. And uh, so basically any war we confront Russia with, or China probably either, they already now have the knowledge of how to stop or basically overcome all our military capabilities, basically. And by the way, you know, you mentioned uh, air superiority. Russia has missiles that go faster than any missiles we've got. We can't even shoot them down. Yeah, we see reports. Oh, they shot these missiles down. No, they didn't. It's just hype. There's so much hype going on around here. Basically, Ukraine appears to be a Russian playground to find out what works and what doesn't when it comes to weapons of war. And we know from prophecy that 
that eventually, you know, the United States is going to get taken out, and Russia is one of the leaders doing it. Um, switching horses, we got more CMEs. What's going on? Well, the sun it's is still sun. doing its thing, and that is basically uh, doing something, being twice as active as uh, the sun watchers predicted, actually. Uh, they're shocked. They're completely shocked. We have multiple, multiple, multiples of sunspot groups on the face of the sun facing Earth all the time, with bigger ones even coming around from the far side, and it doesn't quit. Matter of fact, today my phone was going ding, ding, ding with uh, uh, CMEs, you know, uh, solar flares that were going off. That, by the way, if you just read space weather, they hardly are telling you about them. A lot of this information, Stuart, is being censored. People just don't know. By the way, too, I, I did see more information that we are really getting radiated. There, there's a lot of radiation coming down. Well, I can definitely feel it. <laughs> My body's been aching really, really bad for the last, well, actually, it all started. I began to think about it because I was doing pretty well, you know, on rehab. And didn't I remember when the sun started to do this? Not that long ago, and it's just been a constant ever since. That's when it all began. So I must be very susceptible to the radiation levels that are coming in. And the last couple of days when we had some major stuff, yeah, oh, yeah, I can feel it. It's uh, that's just the way it is, I guess, right? Well, it is, and, and here's something I want to ask you, Koenig's International News, and I saw you posted it on your Substack today. Israel Heritage Foundation awards Donald Trump crown of Jerusalem. Rabbi David Katz extended to Trump the blessings for Israel and wishes for long, healthy, and sweet life. Uh, what do you think, Stuart? Uh, no matter how they go after Trump, he still stays in the news. He still receives these awards uh, from people that nobody like, like Israel, by the, by the way. Yeah, oh, Israel, Trump loves, um, or, or I should say Israel loves Trump. Uh, no question about it. I mean, they've made coins with him and Cyrus on it. Then they got the Abraham Accord uh, coins, which, by the way, has all about the jab and everything else on that coin, if people haven't seen it. It's amazing. What what uh, what's really going on? But this appears to me like there's something else in the wind here because you know we can laugh at the Democrats and say they're kind of stupid and all that, but they have to know that every time they go after Trump, every time they try an indictment, every time they uh, you know make him appear before the court as some rotten criminal, which by the way they all are criminals. Um, <laughs> his popularity jumps. And so one would stop to think, well, why are they doing it? You would think the Democrats would just fold it up and, and not bother. And maybe they'd have a better chance at an election unless they know there is no election coming, which is what I believe. I don't think we're going to have an election I think they're going to pull the rug out from under the American people long before that. But, yeah, that that's an amazing award. 
to be given uh, the crown of Jerusalem. Uh, you know, that's the Lord's apple of his eye is Jerusalem. And uh, when, you, when you add in all of the unusual behavior surrounding the people where Trump goes, remember Saudi Arabia when he went over yeah. there and how they treated him? I mean, it was kind of like, here's a messiah. And, of course, Israel declares it's Messiah ben David and Messiah ben Joseph. Obama and Trump, two sides of the same coin. And I've often wondered, is Trump and Obama, basically they're opposites. You collide the two together and you come up with a third. So we just have to wait and see how all this works out. But it's so fascinating to watch. But um, I, I have uh, my mixed feelings about Trump. I'm not a Trump fan. Here's one of the reasons I'm not. Trump praises smart, brilliant, everything perfect Xi Jinping. He runs 1.4 billion people with an iron fist. Uh, you couple that with an article that appeared just a little bit ago where Trump and his team are scheming, if he gets in, to gain a far more authority as president of the United States. In other words, heaping power unto himself. I don't think it matters whether it's Obama, if it's Trump, somebody we don't even know, Prince Charles. It really doesn't matter who the, who the world leader is going to be. Uh, it's kind of interesting to just watch them f kind of fight it out to see who's going to be king of the hill. I remember playing when I was a kid, king of the hill. Nobody ever stayed king on top of that hill for very long before they were toppled. Anyway, what do you think? It's interesting. Well, it is interesting, and at the same time, there's two scenarios that's happening. And, and you know, I want to say again, tell people, that, you know, that, that – have come up when we said get involved and they said well what can we do well one you can go out and buy Sturt's new book Earthfall the Danny Dougal <laughs> Mysteries that's what you can do buy the book if you don't like books buy it and give it away how's that but do something okay do something quit sitting there uh, at the same time and the reason I said that Stuart is this is because that we are watching a, a really a great evil in this world right now that has taken power, it had taken dictatorial power almost of every Western country. Uh, yes. the, uh, the Muslim countries don't seem to be so involved. Uh, you know, a lot of the poor countries don't seem to be, even Africa doesn't seem to be that involved. But the West has been overwhelmed by this spirit, whatever it is. And there's something really interesting. I was watching the war room today, and this uh, I listened to the producer, Eduardo Vastugi. Uh, I really do like this guy. Sound of Freedom, which is a movie. I don't know if anybody's yes. seen it. That's another thing you ought to do. Not only do you buy Stuart's book and get involved and tell people about Stuart's book, and we're having some great reviews come in on Stuart's book. By the way, go to Amazon and read some of them and blow your socks off. Matter of fact, one of the world's greatest critics, Barry Rothman of the Tor Codes, actually gave a review. And I had to sit there a little while to read it. 
It's really, really long, but it's detailed. It's a good review. But, but uh, The Sound of Freedom, and, I, and this guy, the producer, even said for this movie to even be shown in America is a miracle. He said it's a miracle. He said it'll never be shown in China, but it's going to blow the socks off of the people in, in south of the border of the U.S. because it's their children that's being sex-traded. And he says, this is what he says, uh, Eduardo, that, like I said, and so do some of the stars in the film. He says, America is the consumer of this child sex evil trafficking, and Mexico right now is the production studio of it. What do you think, yeah. Stuart? We're in Boy, the song two war. Absolutely. Yeah, we're involved in the almost coming up on the apex of the Psalm 2 war. And uh, the evil is triumphing because the good people sit back and do nothing. And uh, we did, Barry Rothman did a Bible code, too, on Earthfall. We'll get into that on Friday. It's kind of interesting. And we got a lot more news. Uh, we just didn't weren't able to cover a lot of it. But there's something going on with the UFO acclimation project. And Friday we'll get into that. It's very important. In fact, it's a game changer. And it makes one wonder what in the world is actually going on when you have people like Chuck Schumer, of all people, coming forward and talking about EBEs, extraterrestrial biological entities, UFOs, backwards engineering, high technology of the aliens, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, things are happening, folks, and it's very, very unusual on the timeline, and we'll get into that on Friday, too. Okay, Larry, thanks a lot for coming on and filling us in on the war. And, folks, we'll see you on Friday if the Lord is willing. Take care. Good night now. <clears throat>